Hello, everyone. This is Sonata Allison, and this is episode two of the Parallel Podcast, where we talk about sexuality as it should be. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So today we are talking about what it actually means to be sexually pure. And I want to start by talking about some different misconceptions, and I'll talk about the topic of chastity and some other things in the episode today. So let's get into it. All right. So this will not be an episode about women wearing things that they shouldn't wear and virginity and all that stuff because the church has been focusing on that for too long. And that's actually not even what we're called to as Christians when it comes to sexual purity. And for a long time, there's been a long misconception of what it actually means. And the focus for a long time, and I'd even say in like currently in a lot of different Christian spaces is basically virginity loss avoidance. For example, if you've seen the movie Mean Girls, the PE coach, and let me just stop there. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to make PE coaches the ones who relate information about sexuality. Just think about that for a minute because I know you guys can picture the PE coach that I have in mind right now. Why was he doing it? <laughs> but I digress. In the movie, he has his class sitting down in the bleachers and he says to them, don't have sex, you will get pregnant and what? And die, right? And Christians didn't even talk about getting pregnant and dying. I feel like we were just told don't do it or not even told about it at all. And I went to a private Christian school when I was in middle school and we literally never had these conversations. Hopefully you guys can attest for it too. If you guys can, and I don't know, that's just what I remember. I think the only conversations we were having were about who was doing it. <laughs> Ooh. But some of you may be familiar with True Love Waits. Mm -hmm. I hear the size now. And, you know, recently it does seem like they have been revamping and it seems like they're doing a better job of explaining why True Love Waits. But in the heat of the moment, when it was in full effect, the movement, I was in middle school and my only understanding was that God loves me and I should wait to have sex. And yes, I love that God loves me. I really do. But they did not tell me why I shouldn't have sex. And that was the point of the whole thing. So it was explained to me as a gift, but no like deeper understanding was given to me. And there was actually a study done comparing students who pledged to remain abstinent until marriage and those who did not in a five-year longitudinal study so basically they followed the same humans for five years and 82 percent of the students who did pledge denied that they pledged <laughs> and these students were no different when comparing premarital sex sexually transmitted diseases and oral and anal variables so not to bash the program but at the time, it was obvious that there was a need for better education or maybe just better explanation by my church youth group because maybe True Love Voice was doing it in their own way. But when it trickled down to my youth group, we didn't get that information. But to finish the Mean Girls quote, he says, don't have sex, you will get pregnant and die. He then goes on to say, 
don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't do it standing up. Just don't do it. He asks them to promise. And then he says to them, now go take some rubbers. And that, my friends, sums up the public school curriculum for sex education. (laughs) So in the Christian realm, we have spent so much time emphasizing virginity that we've missed the real definition. But I first want to address one of the reasons why I believe the emphasis on virginity can be so problematic and like what happens to people who have been sexually assaulted or molested. Many people who have had these experiences feel like they have had less value even though they had no desire to engage in these acts. So virginity can't be the true meaning. And I'd go as far to say that we are being careless and missing opportunities to love on people when we focus so much on virginity. Also, just a quick little lesson. The hymen is basically what people are saying is not broken when people are virgins, but that actually can be broken via sport or different injuries and different things like that. So, I mean, and also, I guess in some cases, people's hymens don't break when they have sex. So literally there's no way to know if someone is for sure a virgin in some cases. But yeah, definitely not doing a a good service to the people in our congregations when we focus so much on just not having sex and not emphasizing what actually does matter. So another issue is that some Christians don't even know what is considered sex. And at one point in my life, I would attest to this. And I do know some friends that I did sit down with and have these conversations with that didn't know that they were doing these things. (laughs) So Some Christians are walking around saying that they're virgins, but are engaging in sexual acts like my God ain't smart. But also they are not smart because they lack the communication and the information about, you know, what they were out here doing. And there was actually a study that showed that when Christians were asked about oral sex, 55% said they'd only had oral sex and did not consider oral sex to be sex. So if you are hearing this for the first time today on this podcast, that is sex and you've done it (laughs) if you have. And I'm not saying that to condemn you, but just to educate you on what you've been doing, give you an opportunity to repent. And you know what? The Lord's already forgived you for it, but you did have sex. Sorry about that. And there is more research on the lack of knowledge that Christians have on sex while engaging in sexual acts. So if there are any parents out there listening, talk to your children. Any wannabe parents, you know, you're going to be a parent soon. You have young kids, maybe like two years old. I don't know. Just start thinking about different ways to have conversations. First, starting about conversations about their genitalia and safety things. But just tell them whatever you know. And I think that's where, you know, research has shown that parents are just nervous because they don't know what to say, what not to say. But just tell them what you do know and do your best. Later in the podcast, I can try to speak more to that for you guys. If you kind of just leave me a review, let me know if you need to hear it. So what should Christians focus on if it's not virginity? The answer is chastity. Now I know when you hear that, you think of a I don't know, I don't know what you call it, like medieval time, chastity belts, but bear with me. So I read a book called Real Sex by Lauren Skinner, and that book did a great job of explaining the true meaning of chastity. And it's not about women dressing modestly, 
so their brothers in Christ don't fall. I know we've all heard that. <laughs> or men wearing gray sweatpants, even, never mind. It's about your relationship with Jesus. And the way I've explained it to people in the past is you are living in an apartment, you love the space, nice views, you know, views from the six or whatnot. And you love it there. And you live there with your best friend. And his name is what? Jesus. Okay. So this man, y'all are hanging out. He's a great friend. He's honest to you. He respects your boundaries. He comforts you when you need him. He gives great advice and he's just like so forgiving and you love spending time with him. Just like as much time as you can get, you want that time with him. But one day you just decide to invite someone over and they just kind of end up staying longer than expected. And Jesus is like asking you, hey, uh, is he just going to like hang around here and no like no no titles or anything or he's going to let him in and you're like oh no things will be fine and starts to stay over a little longer doesn't clean up after his stuff you find them sleeping in your bed when they should be at work i don't know who needed to hear that but i feel like that struck a chord with somebody get that man out your house okay and they don't even speak to jesus they low-key get annoyed when you encourage them to work out their relationship because they're literally living in the same home taking up the same space And it gets to a point where it's affecting your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're spending less time with Jesus or you're kind of getting caught in the middle. You're taking the other person's side over Jesus' side. So what do you do? I mean, this person does provide you a good 33 seconds to an hour or more on occasions. But Jesus has literally been everything to you. So it comes down to the question What is more important, momentary pleasure or Jesus? And I know some people may be uncomfortable with hearing this, but there is a correlation between the imagery of sex and Christ and the church coming together and becoming one. As Kim talked about in the last episode, when a man and a woman consummate their union, it is a reminder of the ultimate climax being paradise. But outside of that, There is a here and now relationship where someone you say you love and someone who loves you well is requesting something from you. Someone who always has your best interest at heart and it's your decision to honor that relationship. And I just want to kind of take a step back and just think about that for a second. Just think about the people in your life who you say you care about, who are the closest to you. Do you take that person's feelings into consideration? Do you honor their boundaries when they set them for you? And then just correlate that to your relationship with Jesus because he's a real person who did lay his life down for you at the end of the day. He's the person who's loved you more than anyone else can. So if you can kind of put that person in, you know, who you can see physically in that, like put Jesus in their space, this is an opportunity to love him well with your sexuality. And, you know, it's not going to be easy as we know as Christians or just humans in general we have sexual desires. That's a real thing. But the Lord kind of requests that we save this for a sacred space. And he also blesses us with Christians who are just as human as we are. Can I get an amen? Because if I was the only one struggling with this, that would be so lonely. And probably I probably wouldn't be able to do it on my own. But Jesus gives people 
that we can be in community with and communicate our struggles with and have an opportunity to have accountability in relationship. And that's not something you should want to run from, but in appropriate spaces with people who you feel you can trust, accountability is the best thing you could ever ask for in relationship if you're someone who's pursuing Jesus. And that definitely applies to people who are currently in dating relationships because at the end of the day, you now have a responsibility in that relationship to help your significant other become more like Jesus. And you don't want to be a stumbling block or someone who makes them sin against God. So that'd be provoking them to awaken love before it so does desire, like uh, Solomon talks about. Like I like to tell people, you are going to have to answer. It's going to be you and Jesus at the end of the day, just y'all two. And you will have to answer for your decisions. So there's a big responsibility in that as well. And I want to also speak to you guys about what it means to be pure. And as we all know, we sin every single day. I'd be sinning every day, y'all, as you do. And I want to kind of explain it in the way that the Bible explains holiness. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And for all of y'all who, who are thinking like, well, that doesn't really say I can't be touching. First, Celestial, first words, <laughs> first Thessalonians 4, 7 says, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. So don't do it. And that is a really heavy calling if we think about it, what Matthew says you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And like I just previously stated, I sin every day. So how can I do that? At the end of the day, it goes back to Jesus. I don't think anyone can say that they are perfectly pure, perfectly holy, because our thoughts count as well as like sinful thoughts. So you're not gonna tell me your whole mind is pure. But that also goes back to me saying, what I said about the gray sweatpants, forgive me, Lord. But it is pointing to something bigger. Desiring to be sexually pure cannot be foundational on waiting because you love your future spouse. You will easily fail holding out solely for another imperfect human you have never met before. That's why it was so easy for me in elementary school to steal that piece of candy at CVS. Yes, it was me. I took it because no one was looking. Okay. It has to be focused on your love for Jesus. It cannot be focused on a human being. He died for all of our sins and we are not indebted to him. And I just want to take a moment to think about that. This man died for your sins and literally asked for nothing in return. He didn't. He said, you are literally, you're good. Okay, go off. He is the opposite of Sally Mae. Okay, and I know how y'all, y'all hate her so much. Thankfully, I'm not involved with that woman. But he literally took on your debt and he's not asking for anything in return. That alone is beautiful, but he's also given us a beautiful opportunity to walk in grace and forgiveness, even in the exact moment of our repentance. Can I get an amen? Thank you, Lord. And the word holy basically means to be sacred, set apart. And if you can have faith and trust that the Lord can help you love him in your pursuit of chastity, you're on the right path. We serve a very forgiving, loving, patient, and understanding God. He's not waiting for you to make mistakes, but he also is waiting for you, you know, to give him opportunity to grow closer to you. As we know, like our sin does kind of create space between us and God, which is an, uh, an example of that is when 
Jesus was on the cross and he said to God, Father, why have you forsaken me? Because he turned his head from him because of how much sin was on him. So our sin does separate us from the Lord. So we want to be mindful and caring that we are not taking this relationship for granted, but we serve a very forgiving and loving God. So yeah, that is the episode for today. Just a quick reminder, remember to speak the truth in love today, guys. And I will speak to you next week. Bye.